This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The Board of Directors for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's new Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty has received a letter from the Rev. Dr. Gregory P. Seltz, who's the speaker of the Lutheran Hour program since 2011, and he's officially accepting its call to be the LCRL's first executive director. The LCRL provides input, education, advice, and resources to the areas of marriage, life issues, and religious liberties. It also seeks to actively engage in discussions and establish partnerships as appropriate with individuals and groups in Washington, D.C. After a transition period at Lutheran Hour Ministries and orientation for his new position with the Synod, Dr. Seltz will relocate from St. Louis to head the LCRL office. It's been 17 years since the Senate last had an office and staff in the nation's capital. I speak with both Gregory Seltz and President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, the Reverend Dr. Matthew C. Harrison, about this news on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. Kip Allen with KFUO Radio. I have with me the president of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, the Reverend Dr. Matt Harrison. Dr. Harrison, we have uh, an, an, an appointment to announce, don't we? Yes, we do. The LCRL, the uh, Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in D.C., Washington, D.C., is announcing today that Reverend Dr. Gregory Seltz has accepted the call to be its executive director. What does the center actually do? The center concentrates on three areas, life issues, marriage issues, and issues of religious freedom. There are quite a lot of uh, different topics that fall in those areas, but those are the three most challenging areas uh, that we face as a church now in our culture and society, and especially at the government intersection. And uh, so we'll concentrate on those matters. Now, do they work with the uh, Congress and perhaps with the people in the administrative branch and the judicial branch to get these uh, concerns to them? The office has a couple of different foes, uh, along with those three priorities. The office will work to educate people on the great uh, freedoms and the great rational sanity of the Lutheran doctrine of the two kingdoms. That is a kingdom of the right hand, the church, and a kingdom of the left hand, the government. The government is to be ruled by reason, which is to be informed by natural law. And uh, the church is ruled by the word of God and the gospel. And the two should not be mixed up. And we will work very hard, uh, Pastor Seltz will work very hard to help educate uh, LCMS and other Christian people to be uh, duly active where they are in their life, also in government and uh, in activities that will bring to bear rationality upon government functions. Now, Pastor Seltzer is very well known in Lutheran circles. Uh, he's been on the Lutheran Hour for a long time, and of course, he speaks to a lot of people through his uh, radio program. Yes, Pastor Seltz is a real blessing. He's been a blessing to the Lutheran Hour which uh, has itself been a grand 
endeavor of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod for many, many years. And so we are honored and thankful for his service there and thankful for the Lutheran Hour, and we pray them uh, every uh, best blessing and wish in this time of transition as uh, Pastor Seltz undertakes a new and vital endeavor. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. There's a special place where rare books from times long ago come alive in your imagination. A special place where you can rediscover values that transcend time itself. A special place of adventure, mystery, and drama that's both old and new at the same time. Lamplighter Theater. Saturday mornings at 11 on KFUO Radio. Pastor William Whedon, LCMS Director of Worship. Jesus said some hard things in John 6, and lots of his disciples turned away and stopped following him. He asked the twelve if they wanted to go too. Peter responded for them all, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Words of eternal life, those are the words your Jesus has for you. Join me for the next broadcast of Thy Strong Word, 11 a.m. Central on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. The work by the Longathi Lutheran Firehawan. I'm Kip Allen, host of World Lutheran News Digest. My guest today, Dr. Gregory Seltz, who's well known as being the host of the Lutheran Hour. Yes. Dr. Seltz, welcome to the program. It's my pleasure, Kip. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Well, we've got some wonderful news and some sad news. Right, that's true. Uh, you know, basically, it's a, it's a melancholy time, but at the same time, I'm very excited. Uh, I'll be leaving my post as the Speaker of the Lutheran Hour. What a cherished place, what an honored place to be in following in the footsteps of Walter Meyer and Oswald Hoffman and, and all the other speakers. But I'll be taking on a new challenge, uh, going to Washington, D.C. to be the Executive Director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty. And I really am very excited about that new challenge and that new possibility. Now, I'm sure most of our audience, and most Lutherans for that matter, know about the Lutheran Hour, right. but about the Lutheran Center for Religious Freedom. Well, and see, that L- the LCRL, I mean, it, it really is having a voice in Washington, D.C., and the purpose of that voice is to actually make sure that our churches, our schools, our universities are aware of how the federal government can limit the kinds of things they want to do. And it's getting to the point where we have to have that kind of voice in D.C. so that 
that we can, again, make sure that the voices of the gospel of our churches, schools, and universities uh, freely reign. You know, let the word go forth. Well, one of the questions I've had some listeners ask me, and I think uh, I, I spoke to uh, President Harrison earlier today, mm-hmm. and he also brought this up, is we have a concept in Lutheranism of the two kingdoms. Correct. Uh, can you explain how this will work? Because I uh, I have get a lot of, uh, every so often I get a, uh, a listener who says, well, gee, we should not be involved in the world right. of politics or the world of government, just the gospel. But that's not what Luther talked about. Well, no. I mean, Jesus even said, let's go back to Jesus who said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. I mean, already the point there is that there's there's a twofold way that God engages the world. People don't understand. It's God engaging the world through Caesar. Uh, it, it, to do what, though? To keep the peace to keep all hell from breaking loose. I mean, that's really the point. So in that sense, you've got the two kingdoms. Uh, You've got the kingdom of this world, and God engages that through civil uh, uh, magistrates. He engages it through politicians, through police, through through organized government, if you will, to basically keep the peace, because as sinful people, without any order, any structure, uh, we could do a whole lot worse than what we're doing now. But that I always call that the basement floor of what God's doing. God puts a basement floor in so that he can bring the ceiling, which is the gospel, the kingdom of, of grace. And that is a radically new kingdom that comes in Jesus Christ alone, and that's a gift to the world. So he keeps the world in order so it doesn't, you know, all hell doesn't break loose. Why? So he can proclaim this new kingdom uh, and the eternal life that comes in Jesus Christ forever. What is our responsibility as Christians and Lutherans to interact with the left-hand kingdom of the secular world? Yeah, just be good citizens, and we need to learn how to be, you know, citizens who are involved for the sake of that order, like we just talked about. What I think Lutherans bring to the whole engagement is they don't see politics as solving the big problems. You know, Jesus does that. But they do see politics as a necessary thing to keep order, um, civic responsibility, those kinds of things. Lutherans tend to talk about it either like lesser of two evils or this is a good solution, but it can never be the best. Why? Because if we could solve all the big problems, what need would there be for Jesus and the cross? Well, of course, with our old adam in us right <laughs> there's not much we can do about it yeah so we gotta we gotta engage and but the, the goal there is to engage at that what i call basement level for the sake of all people and this is where i think we need to learn how to talk what i call left-hand kingdom language uh-huh. we don't do that very well no we don't right. and how are, how do we approach that well see that's what i'm saying i mean if left-hand kingdom language is when you start talking about well how does the state talk what is the purpose of the state and learning how to actually then talk about these issues from that left-hand kingdom point of view what Lutherans bring to that is we have kind of what I call a Reformation restraint, which means that uh, we don't think, again, that, that politics and all that's going to solve the big issues, but it has purpose, and we want to engage it by engaging it the way the left-hand kingdom dialogue needs to be talked through. So let me give you an example. You know, you can talk about marriage, for instance. Uh, that's one of the things we will be talking about uh, in the LCRL. Left-hand kingdom, how does the state get involved in marriage? Well, remember, state is a power structure. State limits your rights. And so what is the state doing with marriage? They're limiting the rights of a man and a woman. Why? Because they don't want to raise their kids. 
That's a left-hand kingdom way of talking about marriage. States don't grant rights. States don't define marriage. States don't do that. So once we start talking about the state and civil liberties uh, in, in granting you know, this concept called marriage, we're talking incorrectly in a left-hand kingdom sort of way. So we want to start talking more properly that way so we can debate folks from all different walks of life, from all different points of view. Well, for example, we've got the, uh, the situation right now where the state, the government has said, Gays can marriage, people right. same-sex marriage, which is totally against our theology. Right. But I think we recognize that the state has the right to create the civil union. What we don't recognize is that the state says that we have to honor it. Well, the other th- side of that is, why would the state even care? See, that's the point. Yeah. Because remember, the only reason why the state limits the rights of a man and a woman is because they do not want to raise your kids because you could probably have a child anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be involved with that. They want to make sure that you enter a contract. We limit your rights so that you can't break that contract so that you can have what we call a family. Well, there's really no impetus for that. In same-sex unions. And so, again, as I've often argued, I said the best thing for them to do is get out of the whole business and, and let you know the churches and the faith communities you know, proclaim th- that to their people. Well, I've heard uh, from some pastors uh, saying actually a bit the, bit the opposite, that mm. we should get out of the marriage business. You know, let, let the state handle it. Now, if you, if you get married through the state, through right. the judge, and then go to the church, and the church will bless the marriage. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point of view. In fact, uh, there were times we did that where people got married by the judge, because that's the, the good order thing, and then they came to the church to be blessed. The problem is that this whole discussion is bigger than just that. This whole discussion is about defining what you can teach, defining what you can mm. speak about, defining how your schools are going to actually deal with these things. And so if, if it were just that kind of issue, uh, I think that would be a good solution. But there's more punitive issues involved with this whole discussion, too. Well, one of the things we're looking at, of course, is the issue of life. Right. And uh, where the, the state has made, in our view, in a biblical view, a horrible, horrible decision with Roe v. Wade. Right. And since that ruling, 60 million children have been murdered. Now, what we have done, we on the pro-life side have worked with groups, for example, uh, the March for Life and various other organizations where we are not in open rebellion against the state, but we are saying, you have made a decision against God. Listen to what we have to say. Yeah, and the other thing too, if you think about it, the broader term is, is is the broader discussion is huge too. There is a dignity of human life. Oh yes, and so when we start to see all the kinds of things that are happening in our cities, in our country, uh, the, the the kind of disposableness of relationships and how people treat their families and their children, we're saying there's a dignity of of life that's being lost, and of course it manifests itself in kind of the abortion situation too. So we have this great opportunity to say to people, no, you have. There's a dignity to you being a human being, and we actually are trying to tell you that. And, of course, there are going to be ramifications to that view, obviously. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, life issues also includes end of life. Right. And I am reminded particularly of Maggie Kerner, who died of uh, glioblastoma and was a vocal and staunch proponent of 
She's going to see it out to the end, as right. opposed to Brittany. I forgot her last name. Well, you know, all of these kinds of situations, too, you know, it comes to the point where we start to talk about, is there purpose in suffering? Is there actually purpose in in, in, the, in going through difficult things? And, of course, as Christians, we're talking about how God actually sees us through those things, and he can even make our lives useful to others who are struggling as well. That, I think, is the key. And yeah. I think Maggie brought that out. Yeah. Uh, because you know her own father had a very uh, difficult and long death and she had mentioned all the gifts that he had given her and the family by the talks that they had that the how they were able to get together at the at his end days yeah. and well and as pastors i mean that happened to a lot of us when when in my younger pastoral days you know being at the bedside of folks and watching people go through all kinds of things i could never see foresee a lot of the blessings that came but they came, they and did. I used to watch it come, and I would go, wow, it, sometimes even in spite of all of us. And again, that's kind of the point. You know, there's a dignity to, uh, there's a dignity to life, uh, but remember, life is God's gift to us. And as we reflect that as God's children, that dignity, it can matter to even non-believers, even people who don't see that, and that's our calling as church people. And we need to call the government. We, need to, we, we want to live in a, in a world where life is cherished. And I think we also need to bring on, as you pointed out, the non-religious or those yeah. who are more on the liberal side of the religions who think that abortion and uh, euthanasia is okay. Somehow we've got to reach them with that message. Well, but that's, again, when you start talking left-hand kingdom language, you can start talking to people who even have different faith positions than you. Because at that point, you're talking about a foundational principle of life for all. And I think that's what I'm saying. If we're talking about that, it's still not the saving message of the gospel. But it's, I'd much rather live in a world that cherishes life, Mm -hmm. that cherishes neighbor, that cherishes family, that cherishes children, and works hard and makes sacrifices to make those things, you know, matter. That's the kind of world that as Christians, we would want even for our friends, and our enemies. So again, that's where in left hand kingdom you have that responsibility, that civic responsibility. And Jesus on the cross asked his father to forgive right. his enemies. Yeah, the motivation's always love. Where do we go? I, I, sh- I should say, where does this? How does the center work with this? Do you work at all with governmental officials? Yeah, we'll be doing. We'll have two focuses. Well, two foci, I guess. What's the what's the right word? Foci. Foci. foci yeah. Well, guess. we we have we have a few. Uh, we focus our our attention in several directions. Okay. Probably <laughs> um, safer. Yeah, way that's to probably say the it. better word is the way to say it. Um, there's obviously we want to be a, um, a support to people on the hill. I mean, there is. We want to actually um, be a. a a resource to them, both spiritually and uh, encouragement and those kinds of things. And we want to get to know the Hill so that we actually are informed. Uh, so we have folks on, uh, that are already there, senators, congresspeople, um, uh, maybe even lobbyists. And we'll be getting to know those people and saying, we're here as a resource for you. But we also want to be engaging our schools, our churches, our universities, because a lot of what's happening at the federal level is actually influencing them in ways that maybe they don't even understand. Well, let's get some examples. Here I can come up with a couple, okay. but I bet you can too. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, we're seeing uh, where, where certain topics on campus are taboo, cannot yeah, be talked about. Exactly. There was a case in um, uh, in the University of Pennsylvania, I believe it was, where some pro life students had permission from the from the school to chalk pro life messages on the uh, on the uh, sidewalk. sidewalk yeah. And a professor came along, said, you can't do that, and I'm going to exercise my free speech by wiping it out. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the kind of stuff that's happening all over uh, in universities. And it's so uh, 
also we have universities as well. And what's going to happen there is uh, through regulations and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You have federal Pell Grants and these kind of things. If federal money comes to these schools, there may be a point where you can't actually share the kind of message you want to share yeah. at a Christian school. And to th- that really concerns us. Well, that came up with the Obergefell decision right. when the uh, Solicitor General himself said, well, yeah, this could possibly affect the tax status of religious schools. Absolutely. And and I know out of Concordia, Irvine, that was a real problem with, with, some, with some of the legislation that was coming down through the state legislature. The the point is, these are ideas that should be uh, freely debated. They're, they should, you know, they should be engaged. And you can start to, with the power of the federal government, the power of the purse, the power of the regulation. You can you can shut that debate down. Uh, the LCRL a will make sure people know that that's coming, and maybe help so that you can fight back from that, so that you can keep that message of the good news of the gospel and of the two kingdoms alive in the public debate. And there are other organizations that that do uh, work on this. Line. For example, there's Alliance Defending Freedom, there's right. the uh, First Liberty Institute, uh, focused on the family, of course, uh, works in the Family Research Council, and well, there are other groups as well. Even the National the national Religious Broadcasters, when you yeah. think about what that was, and, and i got to put a plug in here for Lutheran Hour, because um, early on, uh, uh, Dr. Meyer, the first Lutheran Hour speaker, one of the first things he had to do, and people don't know this, is he had to defend the right of the Lutheran Hour to be on the radio, because the FCC tried to kick us off. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah, this is a big deal. And so the NRB, we were, the Lutheran Hour was a principal partner in starting the National Religious Broadcasters. So, um, in fact, I just got voted on to the um, uh, board of directors with that. And I'm very excited about it because, again, that's an organization whose goal is to, to, to keep freedom alive and to keep the airwaves open so we can speak the gospel. Well, no one ever would have thought that the Lutheran Hour would have been involved in that kind of thing early on, but he argued Jeffersonian freedom principles to the FCC to keep religious broadcasting on radio. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. It is. And I think when we look at it, the, the gospel and the uh, Constitution actually mesh rather well together. Well, you know, and I, I got to put a plug in for two kingdoms here because in a lot of ways, uh, the constitutional framework of America is kind of two kingdom. Because if you think about it, what the founding fathers were saying is the thing they feared was a government that could control everything. So they bound the government. They put the government in the basement. Mm-hmm. And they set free the disciplined religious individual to solve their own problems. And if you think about it, that's a two-kingdom perspective on life. What's changed today is that the government has uh, started to come up to the main floor, and now it's coming up to the ceiling. Uh, it's been flipped around. But there was a two-kingdom structure in a lot of what they thought about, too. Oh, yeah. And I think one of the basic things was that uh, government could not, uh, could not grant rights well, all so the, go- yeah, all government could they, do is, is to protect the rights. They protected it. They honored the rights that were already inalienable, unalienable yeah. to the people that were in this place. And I think that's the point. Again, once you understand government's a power structure and it takes things away, now maybe for the common good, but let's not talk about it granting things. Yes. Because once we start talking that, that's not American culture. That's not uh, the constitutional way of thinking. No, uh, the government the government has no rights. The people have rights. Now, the government has duties. Right. 
And again, that's what I'm saying. When you bind, so this this then puts the onus on us as, especially as Christians, we want to then live a certain way that blesses our neighbor. That's the better way to live a, a life that's free, that's in service to your neighbor, that's motivated by faith in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this is one of the things that the Lutheran Hour has brought out. I'm, I'm going to, dig- to digress a little okay. bit here to your original uh, to your original uh, group. I mentioned to you before the program, I grew up with this thing. You know, yes. I, I'm, I'm an old St. Louis boy, and <laughs> I remember back in the 50s and the 60s, you know, listening to uh, the Lutheran Hour, and there was also a TV program that was, oh, yeah, yeah. That was called This is the Life, right. which I loved. And now I understand it may be coming back. Well, it is, and and it's right now being uh, sold. Uh, there's a guy out in, in uh, Hollywood. His name is Gary Hall. He came to faith watching the This Is the Life, and he's a he's a VP uh, at Fox and uh, produces Die Hard, uh, Modern Family, Twenty Four. But in his retirement, wanted to bring This Is the Life back to TV, and we're we're prayerfully selling ten pilots right now, and and hopefully going to go into production for that. And what it was was another great program that was produced by the Lutheran Church uh, and the Lutheran Layman's League, where it was taking on really difficult topics and talking about how the life, of course, it's the life of Christ, yes. uh, actually makes a difference in that. And so there's a what we'll be doing with this program is starting it off with an introduction, and then they'll show the digitally remastered program, and then uh, I or whoever the host is will be coming back and talking about what this really means to you. And it's really been very well received. So we'll see what happens. Maybe some new episodes? Uh, the new episodes, that'll be a different program probably, um, but the old uh, program, digitally remastered, will probably be the funding source for the new. Uh, yeah. And the questions that were raised then are still oh. being raised now. Well, there's 600 episodes. Wow. You know, there's 26 years of these things. <laughs> I, you know, I always tell people, they say, well, what kind of program was it? I said, well, it started off like an Andy Griffith kind of thing, a, a theological Andy Griffith, but it became more like a, you know, a law and order. No, grace and order. It was more like mm. a thematic uh, show that actually took on difficult topics and talked about how the life of Christ actually makes a difference. That was the thing that really struck me as growing up, you know, as a teenager watching this and saying, you know, there are these moral questions that I am going to be faced with through my life. How right. do I make the decision? Well, as the hackneyed phrase is, what would Jesus do? Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's a moral structure to life. And pe- people don't understand this. It's for our blessing. I mean, we are created by God. And so there's a certain sense where we fit into this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the apex of his creation, but we have a responsibility to you know, the creation, to our Lord and Savior, and also to our neighbors. And so, yes. again, once we figure out how that works, that's when human life really flowers. Well, Pastor Seltz, we're running out of time. And if you want to know more about the Lutheran Center for Religious uh, Liberty, how do we find out? Well, if you, if you go to the lcms.org homepage, you can find it there. And there's all kinds of information about its purpose its functions, its service, its goals. And, and we're really at that, at that beginning stage. It's gonna, you're going to start to see that flower open up pretty quickly. Um, but go to lcms.org for more information, and there will be more to come. Yeah, it's lcms.org slash L-C-R-L. And you'll go to the site, and there's some downloadable things there as well. All right. I've already checked it out. Pastor Seltz, thank you so much for appearing on the program. God bless you and your efforts. This is a wonderful challenge. (laughs) It is, and I can't wait to sink my teeth into it. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. 
Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.